Thank you for tuning into a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy! Welcome to Centerpoint Church. My name is Aaron Master. I'm the pastor here. In 2007, there was this movie that prompted some people to do some crazy things. Here's a little scene from it. This is living. I hate your rotten guts. Is he insane? Depends. You're going to drive it or buy it a dress? Just getting to know each other. I don't understand how you can run off with a total stranger. Anyone know the movie? Bucket list. Any of y'all have a bucket list? Who are the people that have a bucket? The thing you're going you're gonna to do before you kick the bucket, so to speak? If so, what's on your list? Like, do you actually have a list? One where you literally check things off and then feel like, ah, been there, done that, and then move on to maybe the next one on your list. A couple of things that are still on mine to do are, I'd love to do an Africa, or uh, African safari. I love to like swim in shark cages. I, that used to be one. I don't know if it still is. It's a little scary. But, like that just freaks me out. That picture right there. So Hawaii is one. Like I want to visit Hawaii and actually check off all the states. We have this picture in our house that, of all the different places we visited. I want to check off all the states. Um, Alaska uh, or no, not Alaska. I've been to Alaska, but uh, scuba dive is another one that I really want to do. The Great Reef uh, Barrier. I'd love to be there. I'd love to do a multi-week sailing trip. I, that just sounds exciting to me. Um, a few that I've gotten to check off though is I got to climb Machu Picchu bat, back in my bachelor days in 2015. I traveled the U.S. in a van all throughout the, these different states in 2016 with my wife when we first got married. That thing just scares Let's go back to that. It's just nasty. It, it, it was like 300,000 miles on it. Broke down multiple times, but it was, it was amazing at the same time. Uh, we, we went to Alaska and got to climb like glaciers and things of that sort. I got to go to Israel in 2019 and see some of the biblical sites, and this is the Sea of Galilee. I, uh, I, one of the things on my bucket list was surf consistent waves and become good at surfing. I now do this in Sheboygan. And then most recently, it was ski in Colorado. Bucket lists are just fun, aren't they? Like, I hope I'm like maybe getting you a little excited about something. And again, it's just fun to check things off as well. Any big list makers out there? Like, you just make lists, to-do lists? Where are my to-do list people? Okay, who makes a to-do list for yourself? Who makes one for your kids? How about your spouse? Okay, just me. Okay, um... <laughs> But if you're like me, checking stuff off, it just feels good because it's done, right? Well, as we go into our last week of our series, Walk This Way, I want you to hold on to that thought for a second. Throughout the series, we've been looking at the Bible to learn about the early followers of Jesus and trying to learn on how they got themselves to make real decisions to follow Jesus, like physically walk with him. Uh, and as part of this series, what we've been doing is we've been looking at the different episodes of The Chosen to help paint this visible mental picture of what it actually looked like for those people that did that, to be one that followed him. And I think this show is definitely worth watching if you haven't. But each week, I do throw out this disclaimer, like, because it is a show that's entertaining and a drama, there are creative elements added to The Chosen that you need to verify and check in your Bible. They try to stay true to the Bible, but there are backstories and creative elements. 
so far in this series, we've studied Mary Magdalene, we studied Peter, we studied Nicodemus and Matthew. They're kind of like the main characters of the TV series, uh, again, Chosen. But then, as you can see in the show, and most importantly, in the Bible, there are a lot of others in the mix with these characters who, although we maybe don't know a ton about from the show or even in Scripture, we can read some things about them. If you've watched the show or you know Scripture well, there are a lot of others. For example, like there's a dad who's, who has two sons who become disciples of Jesus. His name's Zebedee. There's the people who were healed by Jesus, like the paralytic or the leper. There are people who saw Jesus perform miracles, like read what was on their mind or turn water into wine. There were people who heard wisdom and great teachings from Jesus. And when we read from Scripture, we can see there are so many people Jesus had interactions with besides his disciples or the religious leaders or, or even people we can read about and know by name in Scripture. There are a lot of others who had an encounter with Jesus, whether it was a personal interaction, what they saw, what they experienced, or what they maybe even heard from someone else. But the question I want us to wrestle with today is, then what? Then what for these people? They had this one-time experience with Jesus, at least what we can read about, this awestruck, amazing moment, but then what? I mean, if we run through scripture on some of the people I just mentioned to you and give you a little more background on them, on these groups of people. First off, Zebedee. His sons were called by Jesus to follow him in front of Zebedee. And they did. In Matthew 24, 21, it says, Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Like, what father lets that happen without some affirmation or some excitement? What did he do next? There's these people who are healed, such as a man with leprosy. It says in the, ver in the Bible, it says, When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. But then what for him? Then what happened after, after that? There are the people who literally saw miracles before their eyes or, or minds even. Uh, again, that woman at the well, she says, I have no husband when Jesus is talking to her. Jesus said, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have five husbands and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see you are a prophet. You got to wonder, something is going on with this man. If you can read your mind, what happened to her next? There were those who heard his amazing teachings. Matthew 7, 28, when Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teachings. But then what? Then what? I don't think Jesus was necessarily all about lights and the fireworks and putting on a good show, but we can see Jesus, he did provide this shock and awe for people. And if you were that person who saw your kids called to purpose or the person who was healed or, or the person who saw the miracle or saw a miracle happen or heard the teachings that just connects with the deepest part of your soul, what do you do then? If you're one of these others who have this kind of one-time encounter with Jesus, what do you do? I mean, let's just think for example here once. When stuff like that happens today, your kid maybe finds purpose of being called to move by God. You're like, whoa, 
what happened? How? Right? Or you hear a story of when someone is healed, you're like, really? Tell me the details. Or a person somehow has acquired exactly what they've been praying for. You're like, is that a coincidence? Or did that, did something miraculous happen here? I mean, these things happen today that we can hear about all the time. And, and when we do, what do you do about it? Just believe it instantly? I mean, if you're a skeptical person, kind of like myself, not a chance. You don't just take things at face value. You research it. You talk to the person. You verify. You check scripture, right? And if it all seems legit still, then what? Then what? Is it just this cool moment or checklist experience that you add to your life memories? Or is it something that now molds you and changes you? Jesus is teaching in situations like this and to his followers. It shows us that God's intention for his followers wasn't to just be this one and done thing to see or experience or to be in awe of. It's to become a part of you. It's to form you. It's to change you daily. If you were, if, or if I were to ask you today, where are you at in that process right now? Are you waiting for maybe a miraculous sign for God to just show up for you? Have you been amazed by God before, but haven't done much with it? Have you made Jesus' teachings a part of you and a part of your everyday life? What do you do with them? Are you using them to help others? If you've been here the past couple of weeks uh, of this series that we've been doing, we've been looking at the chosen scenes, and we'll have a couple of those throughout this message, but also we're looking at their documentary of the effects of the show, The Chosen, um, with Gen Z. Gen Z is the least church generation out there, uh, and what happens is this documentary, they, they study a group of Gen Zs, and, and they have this conversation with Jonathan, and Jonathan's the actor who plays Jesus in The Chosen, and Jonathan, he shares kind of his God moment with them, but then he also tells one of the other people that are in the discussion that maybe he's having a God moment while they're discussing. Um, so I want to show you this video. It's a little longer, but hang in there because I think it's pretty powerful. <laughs> um, yeah, I figured I'd just tell you a little bit about me and my journey and how I got here. Uh, when I moved out to Los Angeles, it was essentially to take acting full-time. And so um, I now no longer had a support system for my, my income. The bills kept coming, and the breaks didn't. I was actually, I was, my checking account was overdraft like 100 bucks, and I had $20 in my pocket. The only thing I could think to do in that moment was to get on my knees and pray. And there was silence. There was nothing. So, you know what? I'm going to use your words from the Bible, the words that you said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, burdened, and I shall give you rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So you know what, Jesus? Take some of mine. I'm out, man. I surrender. And I opened my mailbox, and in the mailbox were four checks that covered all my bills that were coming due. At that point, I realized that the moment I surrendered and let go of what I thought my life and my career should look like and give it to God, he's like, now you're ready for me to do what I'm going to do with you. 
three months later, Dallas Jenkins called me and said, you want to do this series? Growing up, I didn't really have much faith. Um, I did a lot of research on Buddhism, Egyptian culture. Um, so I ended up choosing to believe in many gods. I refuse to believe that there's just one higher power out there. Um, I like to believe that everybody deserves a chance to believe in anything that they want to. Um, that being said, you know, it took a while, um, and I'm constantly saying, you know, God is good, you know, God bless, blessings. Then why don't you, can I ask you a question? Why don't you say that gods are good? I'm back and forth with it. Um, back and forth meaning the, the phrase or the, the phrase. idea of one versus many? I would say back and forth with one versus many, if I am to be honest. And, you know, watching The Chosen helped me, you know, open up a little bit more and, and get a better understanding of who Jesus was. God is calling you. So Jonathan, he had a moment where God showed up, but then what? The Gen Zer that was discussing at the end, he has this moment with God, but then what? These are very different experiences, right? But have you ever had a moment with God like that before? Something that's brought you awe, something calling you, something that you've seen or heard or experienced or just feel inside? This is a bit embarrassing to say out loud, but growing up as a Christian, I used to pray for things uh, like this from God. Um, but it was always like in negotiation with him. Like, if you give me this, I'll forever believe you. Right? That's kind of like how I talked with him. And the examples are embarrassing, but I'm going to share them because I think you'll like them. But I used to pray like, make this girl my wife. Make this girl my wife. Give me this sign of I'm moving this pen and I'll believe in you or, or speak right now and I'll know it's from you and I'll forever follow you or just show up. Could you just show up? Just show up. Show up and I'll do whatever you want. Because if any of these things happened, I would have avoided a lot of guessing and a lot of struggle in life. Want to know how many of those actions actually happened? None. <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> other than the fact that that girl and I would have never worked out if like, that would have been the case. But not, that's, not, what, uh, but that's not, um, not to say that growing up, I didn't have God experiences. I didn't get the God experiences I, I was like praying for, or asking for, or negotiating for. I didn't see or experience things of God like, like the way I thought I wanted to, but I did actually. For example, I got to witness my, my grandmother maintain her faith after losing her husband to cancer. I got to experience protection from really dumb decisions I made as a kid. And when I replay them in my head, I can't think of how I survived. I just can't without something helping me. Uh, at the last church I worked at, I got to see a community of believers do, to, or do these things to a city that they were intentional about, as in forgiving and evangelizing and attempting to reach their city. And 10% of the community came to church on Sundays. Can you imagine if that happened here? Can you imagine the city change? But for me, reflecting on this now, I'm like, that is a miracle. And sure, in the moment when these things happened, I was like, cool, cool. But as I explain them to you now, I can't help but see them as miracles. 
There are people who I know have gotten the, you're cancer-free type comment before, or your debts are forgiven somehow, or you're free to go, or that you no longer have this addiction and craving. There are some amazing things and stories out there. And if you're alert to them, you'll see it, you'll hear it, you'll experience it. I don't know if you're like me, though. I don't pay that close attention these days. I really don't pay that close attention these days. And when I do, I let these kind of stories numb me. They numb me a bit. Is that the intention of the miraculous? Like just for that person to have amazing moments and then for all others who hear it to just be numb to it? Sure, there are, questions, uh, there are questions of like, why does God not heal sometimes? Or why is there evil and suffering in the world? Or why do good people like, have bad things happen to them? And that's a whole other discussion that I'd love to have with you if you're struggling with that. But for the sake of when amazing things do happen, what do you do with it? If we go back to the different people I mentioned in the Bible, we know very little about these others and their interactions afterwards. But we see Jesus gives this frequent response back to people who show interest in him. Follow me. Be encouraged. Go and sin no more. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. What these responses from Jesus shows us is is in his time here on earth, he wasn't meant to be this one and done bucket list thing. He wants your heart. He wants your soul. He wants your mind. He wants your daily living. He doesn't want to just be this bucketless experience for you that you maybe had on a Sunday as a, as a kid at a church or maybe this emotional time you had a, a, at church one time or this one-time prayer that you, you, you gave him thanks for this miracle you saw but then never thought about it anymore. He wants to take you somewhere. He wants to give you purpose. He wants to give you mission. Whether you're a non-Christian in the room today or a newer Christian or one who's followed Jesus for years, He has a mission for you and always will. Do you feel you're on one right now? Today, whether you're waiting for a moment for God to reveal himself to you, or or maybe you've had that moment, you've, you've felt that revelation, and you don't know what to do next, or maybe you're just looking for ideas on how to expand and give some of those moments to others, I think there are some specific things that we can do that we see Jesus desired from the others in Scripture. The first one is this, watch for moments and create moments for God. Uh, have you ever been looking for a particular like new car? Like, who wants a new car? Who would love a new car? Anybody? Yeah, uh, I would love a new car. Um, and then like I would, like think about different cars, and I'm like, oh okay, like I, I kind of dial in on what I want. Like I like something a little unique, but I'm like I really want a white Chevy Silverado. All right, so I really want a white Chevy Silverado. And then I see them everywhere. Every time I drive on the highway, Silverado, Silverado, Silverado. Who knew that they actually are probably the, like, the top-selling truck in the U.S., but maybe that's partially why. Coincidence, I don't know. <laughs> but, but whether you have this happen to you or not, when you look for something or are thinking about something, you see more of it, right? I was thinking about Chevy Silverado a lot. I see more of it. I was watching this Netflix documentary recently on focus, and there's this scene in it that asks you to count how many times this person jumps on a trampoline. I want to see if you can get the answer right uh, by focusing on it. Check it out. How well can you focus? Here's a quick test. Your task is to ignore the people in the foreground and count as precisely as you can how many times the guy in the back jumps on the trampoline. Ready? Go.
How many jumps did you count? If you answered 11, congratulations, that's correct. But did you see the gorilla who delicately tiptoed into the frame and tiptoed out? Who got it right? Who saw the gorilla? <laughs> right? So 11 is the answer, but what I think this shows is our focus is really quite limited. So as we talk about seeing God move, I want to ask you, what are you focusing on? Is it the deals on Amazon, the kids, the sporting events, the work tasks, the, the keeping up with the Joneses, the new car you want, the opportunities for fun and winning? Or is it on God's direction and his signs and his wonders? When you've been waiting and praying for something for you, like it's easy to be aware of when that miracle arrives, right? Because you've been praying and waiting for it and just hoping for it to come. But have you also looked at the moments of what God has done for others in the world? Like him helping someone else forgive in something you would have never been able to do or be able to do. Or him helping someone stop an addiction from something that seemed impossible. Or him helping someone change their ways from something so ingrained in them for so many years. When you just take a moment to look at the miracles and the work of God being done, it's hard not to notice. Psalm 77, 14, you are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. God has made himself known to us and the others around Jesus experiencing it. When you're looking for it and you've accepted it, let it move your faith. If you're a, a Christian person in the room, a longtime Christian in the room, and feel maybe this isn't that new to you, I still feel you may, maybe need some encouragement to start watching for those things and not, not being oblivious to it. But for you, maybe you might need to also be more aware of what is within you as a Christian and in what ways you can create the miraculous through God, through what you do. John 14, 12, it says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. As a Christian person, are you doing the works of Jesus? Realistically, if we like kind of just analyze what Jesus and the disciples did for their daily rhythm, they told others about Jesus, they taught about God's way of living, they healed people, and they prayed for people. That's kind of it. That's kind of what they focused on. That's what they did. Now, I get like you aren't walking with Jesus all day long like, like they did at the disciples early on where it's like that's the only thing you're doing. But it's a real question. Are you doing it in our context today? I think as a Christian today, we feel this burden that we need to tell others about Jesus and teach about him. And there is a burden for that. Absolutely. I'm not letting you off the hook of, on that. We can do it personally, and other times we can do it through just inviting someone to check out church to hear the good news of Jesus. But of the daily rhythms of the disciples, I think that's like the only thing we really focus on as Christians. The next comment, it might freak you out here in, in a second, but have you ever prayed for healing? Or prayed for others to be healed? Or laid hands on them? Yee, right? Waiting for God to move? Prayed for signs and wonders for God to show up for this person? All of those things are extremely biblical. God still performs miracles. God still heals people. There's nothing preventing God from healing one person through the ministry of another person. Whether you're unsure about God or a Christian trying to reach others for God, 
You're here to watch for moments, and you're to help create moments. What do you need to do today starting to do that more? The second thing that we need to do, we can learn from the others, is we need to change. Change and then continuously change. If you've been waiting for God to show up, to reveal himself to you, and you've been watching and looking and actually get something from God, change. Change, right? Obviously, you need to verify any experience you have through scripture and discuss it with wise counsel and see if what you witness and experience is truly from God. But if let's say you have this moment with God, change. What are you waiting for? One of the others that uh, we talked about early on in the message was the woman at the well. She experiences a miracle of Jesus uh, knowing her background, knowing what's on her mind and her thoughts without her telling him ahead of time. And The Chosen, it portrays this scene really well. So I'm going to show it to you. Uh, Again, it's about a minute or so long. And then think about how she changed. Check it out. On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him because he was the only truly godly man you've been with. But you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. (laughs) Do you think it's an accident that I'm I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know, but not by the Messiah. (sighs) And you know these things, because you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. (laughs) Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon, just the heart. (laughs) You promise? I promise. with Jesus and she's also noted saying later on come and see a man who told me everything I ever did could he possibly be the Messiah and people were changed because of her the others we've talked about today They had moments, some more physical than others, but without reflecting on it, that moment actually, and changing from it, it'll just be a moment. I mean, I don't mean to be morbid or anything of that sort, but although Jesus performed miracles onto others, like allowing the paralytic to walk or the sickness to be cured in some people, he even raised some people from the dead. But you want to know what happened to these individuals years later? They still die like the rest of us. The moment does nothing for their eternity unless they let let the moment move their decision for eternity. I mentioned um, skiing is on my bucket list. 
or was on my bucket list for me and my spouse. But after we did it, um, it's now something I want to go back and do annually. My wife as well, which makes me excited about it. It's like, yay, like she likes doing it what I want to do too. But I'm sure you know, bucket list stuff is not cheap. At least my stuff isn't. It's expensive. And to go to Colorado yearly is a lot of work. To coordinate childcare for two kids, to coordinate child, uh, like care for our dog, time from limited vacation, financial expense. This plan for a one-and-done experience of skiing, which is what it kind of was, is now something we want to do and be regular with. But in order for us to be able to do that, it means we got to change some things in our life. Change through our budgeting, change through our vacation scheduling, strategizing for how we use our childcare, changing the current ways we do things to make this happen. If we don't, the experience will just be this memory, and it probably will never happen again. I get this is a bit superficial for me to just share my desires of skiing annually, but it's the same with a moment with God. If you really had this experience with God, this awe-inspiring moment, something that is abnormal in the day-to-day world of him revealing his realness to you, you got to change. I mean, to not is just ignorance. It's just laziness. If you've seen God move or you've experienced him, what are you waiting for? If you've never committed to change and want to, I personally don't think it has to be anything fancy to God. It's just you telling God, I sense you. I want more of you. I know my life is messy and I know you provide forgiveness and you're the answer to make me right. And when you say that in your head and your heart, you're on a journey with God. You're a Christian. A journey that's not easy, but a journey of change. The verse we've been driving home this whole series is Luke 9, 23. It says, Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. To start that change, you must give up your own way. But then as someone who's committed to it, you must do it daily. I'm not going to be like this righty-tighty pastor on stage acting like I'm amazing at doing that every day. But I've had encounters from God. Like, I've had encounters with God. I've changed because of it. And when I get off track, because, because I do, I remind myself how far I've come. I remind myself of those moments I had with God. And I get back into the rhythm of following him daily. Are you doing that? Have you changed and are you continuously changing? We don't know what kind of change the others had, but you can know for you. You can know for you. The last thing I think we can learn from the others is we are to be encouraged and we are to encourage others. If you're a Christian person, again, it's easy to kind of be numb to God's signs and wonders or to that thing that moved you early on in the beginning, which is actually one of the biggest reasons I think a church community is so important. For a church community, it's, it's part of the reason why it's essential for people to meet in person regularly and worship with others. You are to encourage each other. We looked at this verse last week, but it's so relevant today as well. It's Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. It says, And let us consider how we may spur up one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Encourage each other by sharing how God has shown up for you and changed you, and then continue to encourage by sharing what you're seeing God do weekly in your life. I've spent some time lately, like just talking about our church with different pastors and different church leaders and just like kind of seeking guidance and just talking with them about certain things. And 
I love sharing how we're not even this like two and a half year old church yet, but we have almost 20 people that have been baptized here. Marriages have been saved. People are starting a relationship with God for the first time. 60 to 70 kids every week hearing about Jesus. Dozens are in a Bible study for the first time. People are turning away from addictions. People are choosing to forgive when it would seem like it's impossible to. Those are miracles. And those stories, they stir me up and it motivates me to make more of God's work happen. Yet, I don't want it to end there or just be for me. I want to hear what God is doing. I want to, I want to hear more. I want to be encouraged and inspired by what you're witnessing and seeing. By you, by the church. And I want you to be inspired more often. So what we're doing as a church this week is we're requesting your God story or your God moment. And it doesn't have to be the most amazing book or like this fine line detail thing. But what's your sign? What's your wonder? What's the miracle you're seeing around lately? At the beginning of the year, we had an online New Year's Day service. Uh, and we gave you these notebooks to, to track your God moments with your family. Each week, there's a week uh, on a page. And you just write down a few things that, that maybe like kind of came to mind for you and your family. We prayed together. Yay! You write that down. Um, and so that was something we started at the beginning of the year. My family, we, we had to cram a little bit to kind of get caught up. I get it. It's easy to lose routine. But the whole reason for doing this is so you don't neglect looking for what God is doing in your life. And then you share. If you didn't get one of those notebooks or even know about this at all and kind of want to start, you can get one of those notebooks and that refrigerator clip at the Welcome Center on your way out today. But back to sharing our, our God moment, our God story today. Now, I know this sounds like a lot, but we, wanna, we want you to share your miracle that you've seen or witnessed or heard about or the thing that changed you. And I'm just looking for a sentence or two. So I'm going to actually have the host. They're going to come down and they're, they're going to hand you this card. It's just a one little card. And on it, I want you to share a sign or wonder. And I'd love for you to fill it out right away, like today. Pick something that comes to mind. I'd love for you to put your name on it, but... I also get some of you are like, I really want to be anonymous, which is fine, but I would love your name if you can do that. But a few examples of things you could write down and say is, after 10 invites, my dad finally showed up to church and is interested in God again. Maybe that's your God moment. Maybe it's, I prayed for healing in this one area, and I got it. I've been stressed more than ever before, but when I prayed, I had this calmness come to me. I've prayed for a husband or wife to show up, and I found one in church. Woo! I don't know, maybe that's what yours is. My kid said the most profound thing, but it was exactly what I needed to hear in the moment. What's your God story? What's your God moment? What's something that stirs you up and encourages you? Over our last worship song, or the, the next worship song that we're going to do here, I want you to just stay seated and try to think of something that you can share. But I also know... For some people, it takes time. Maybe something doesn't come to mind right away. So you can also submit it uh, via that QR code on the card. But if you can fill it out today, you can put it in the offering bins when they come by, actually after this next song. Um, we'll take the offering then. But you can put that card in there so that we can stir up one another, and then we'll post some of these comments all around uh, the different church uh, page, and different things we'll use it for. So we'd love to hear your story. But with this... And as I close us today, and also our series, we've talked a lot about submission. Submitting to following Jesus' ways 
daily. We saw it on almost all the characters we covered. And this week, as we've talked about the others, we don't know if they actually submitted to God, yet his signs and wonders were visible to them. As you think about the signs and wonders that are visible to you, what will you do about it? Will you submit to God and tell him he's real and that you think that his way is best and that you need him? If you've never done that, I'm going to pray in a second. You can do that to God. But if you've done that before, will you spur up another today, encouraging them, sharing, acknowledging what God has done and is still doing around you and through you? As we close today, I think many of us, many of us here, God has given us some signs and wonders. What will you do with it? Don't let it just be a bucket list item, but let it change you. I'm going to pray. If you want to pray with me right now as I close this, please bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. God, some of us right now are saying, we've sensed you, we've experienced you. And God, we, wanna, we want you to, uh, we want to follow you with our lives. And God, we've sensed you, but we've never really made that full commitment to follow you. So God, we, we commit to that. We trust in who you are. But we commit to that. We commit to following you because you've shown up in our lives. And then, God, some of us, we've seen some things. We've seen some amazing things that you've done. And, God, don't let those things just go numb to us, but have it be something that stirs us up. But have it also be something that we're aware of and looking for so that we can encourage others and stir up others. We ask that you have us continue to make more of these things happen and watch for more of these things to happen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.